Let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook podcast. And we're going to bring you weekly board game content for your lunch break, daily commute, or any other time of the day. For season two, we are changing the format. Instead of focusing on one game and how to play it, we will either have a theme or a game, which we'll just talk about. We'll go over some of the rules, cool features, and many other things that might come to mind. And one thing that we got asked quite a bit is, do we recommend this game? That kind of stuff. So we're going to start using a, a rating system. Uh, it's a custom scale. A, leave it on the table being the highest and down to a straight hard pass being the lowest ranking. But we'll go into more detail on all, I think, five of them when we start talking about them. For today's game, we are all contractors looking for the best deals on rooms while selling our services to other players to gain money in the goal to build the best castle for Mad King Ludwig. Castles of Mad King Ludwig is a simple game where players are going to add rooms to their castle to earn points. And at the end of the game, the player with the most points wins. It's a pretty simple concept. Uh, but going into the game itself, story-wise, it's a little more intriguing, as Brian has noted. We are just contractors. We're just normal people in this we, kingdom. We're technically master builders occasionally also, That's which true. sounds, you know, pretty amazing. And as master builders, the king has crazy fantasies. He he lives up to his Mad King name, not because a typical Mad King of, you think, Game of Thrones, you know, murdering all sorts of people or making terrible decisions. He just likes to live a fancy, crazy life in a fancy, weird-shaped castle. He, he might want a castle just full of hallways. Yeah, maybe. And or I feel like if more people were like him, I probably would have continued my schooling to be an architect because in high school, when I was taking these classes, I was, you know, drawing dumb houses with like panic rooms and secret hallways to in-ground pools, like basketball courts, all this crazy stuff. And then in real life, my first thing I ever had to draw for someone was like a 20 by 20 square add-on to someone's house. And I was like... This is literally the boringest thing I've ever done in my life. This is stupid. You don't want to have like a secret passage or an elevator. Like what's going on? Because no one has that kind of money. <laughs> it, it's a brilliant concept when you think about it, because this game could have been easily just a build a castle kind of game and add points. But I like the th I like the theming behind it. And I also really enjoy how the game plays out. But in the box first. You're going to open it up and find a plethora of tiles. So many tiles. I don't remember punching these all out when we got it, but I can't imagine it was great. Like, I love punching out tiles. And there are, I don't even know if I could do the math quickly. We didn't count it up beforehand, but there's so many <laughs> different rooms <laughs> that they each have. Like, I think they all have six in each room. Oh, some even have nine. And so there's... So many tiles to punch out. And they're, and they're not just like squares. When we are saying tiles, we mean little cardboard pieces of some are shit. Think of like Tetris. Some are L's. Yeah. Some are long. Some are short. Some are little squares. Some are gigantic rectangles. Some are circled. They're yeah. literally all shapes and sizes. Yeah, there are... Let me see if I can count quickly. There's 10 different shapes. Yep. Or I should say 10 different sizes of the shapes because like there's a small circle and, not including and a big circle. And then, yeah, then those hallways and stairs. 
but yeah just all different sizes and like the 600 like the biggest room that big rectangle with like the rounded corners it's a big it's a big piece, piece. it's not it's not tiny this this does not you need a decent sized table to play this especially if you're playing it with four people because unlike a lot of games you're building your own castle you're not building one together or something like that so it it takes up some space for sure it does you're gonna need a a pretty hefty space to do this which is usually i, I end up playing on the floor more often really than i don't know if i ever played on the floor it's hard i don't have any friends so it's usually like two of us are playing it so it's like <laughs> no any small table works <laughs> fine um i often play this with some friends downstate as a uh in between game when one of my friends doesn't want to because we have a group of five that's one of the big downfalls that we'll talk about later but we often have to your, play on the your floor. friends are a downfall that we're going to yeah, talk about they, like they're, therapy they're, session later oh, trust or? me they're all terrible no but really <laughs> going back to the tiles before we lose track <laughs> uh guess what there's more so other than just the tiles you have more cardboard in the sense of 96 coins and these are coins that are copper or silver and they're the basically 1,000 or 5,000 is what they're worth. Yeah. Different sizes, which I do appreciate. Different color oh, yeah. also. So I appreciate that for as little as I see color. Unlike uh, uh, Dominion. Where they're all the exact same all the size. Same size and color. Yes, it's so annoying. And then you have the King's like favor tiles. Yep. And you like the scoreboard or I guess the scoreboard slash playing area is also cardboard and massive again. Well, it's a it's it's four sections or no five, I guess. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Five sections. Because you have uh, think of it like a castle because you. Yeah. That's the only part of the game that looks like a castle, by the way, <laughs> is the scoreboard. Because <laughs> you have uh, the scoreboard itself, which is like the tower of a castle. Yeah. And it has a lot of spaces for you to add up your points and your little tiny pegs that you move across. Yeah, it looks like it goes up to like 150. I don't remember if I went, if you ever round the horn. I, I feel like that's a lot of points if I, I think don't, back on. I can't recall if I've ever gone that far. Yeah. I mean, you probably have gotten, you probably could get real lucky. Yeah. But then, then you have uh, on the base of the castle, you basically have a bunch of uh, spaces for left and right places to put your 10 different piles of tiles. Yeah. There's a, a spot for each of them. There's a spot for the bonus cards. Yep. A spot for the room cards that you draw before you grab the tiles. Yep. And then a place for the hallways and stairs right in the middle, kind of to fill space. And yeah. then below it's the really important part, the contractor board, mm -hmm. which has where we put the king's favors as well as the, you know, the six or seven, I think there are. It depends on how many people you have yeah. playing, but yeah. Uh, area where you put down what's up for sale. Yep. Yeah, because there will only be, you know, as... Depending on, again, depending on how many people you're playing, there might only be six types of rooms available to buy. You can't just buy, you know, the small circle room because you want to. It has to be available in that contractor board, which I think the contractor board is something that, like, I've played this I don't know how many times. Obviously, we just listened to our favorite games, and this was both your favorite, my second favorite. We play this a lot, and... The contractor board is such a neat idea. Like the way that it works is so cool. The fact that like that master builder that we talk about, like whoever is the master builder that turn, that's their active turn. And the other players are paying them, which is so cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then you also can rearrange stuff. Yep. And so like you can try to like 
So there's a king favorite that we talked about. And then I forget how many offhand you everyone has their a secret favor also that the king two. has you have two of them. Everyone yeah. gets uh three and you, that are shuffled and you pick and you keep two. Yeah. Are there ways to draw more throughout yes. the game? I thought so. Yes. Um, there are bonuses that you can complete that allow you to basically draw, draw two and draw, keep, another, keep one. another one. Yeah. But it's so cool because like those ones, like the king has like whispered in your ear almost, like that he really wants, you know a certain type of room or a certain shape of room. And so you have to like, you have to get those. So you get your points from the King, but you also can't be like so obvious that you want the big circle rooms or downstairs rooms or something because the other players will, you know, take advantage of that and <laughs> always put them at a higher value. So you Especially if they pay. notice. Yeah. If they notice for like, sure. Like you went downstairs real fast and bought two basement rooms. Yeah. And that's not on the King's favor. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, pretending again, people you play, you know, three to four favors that you share and then you all have your secret ones. So going back to the King's favor, depending on your players, there's either two or three favors they've asked us to build that he really, really wants. And these only matter at the end of the game. Like, you don't even have to build any of them. Yeah. They're just bonus points. Obviously, you know, you want to try. Yeah. They matter in the fact that why are you playing if you don't want to try to win? And they are bonus points, so. Uh, but the king can ask for anything. Yeah, and they could contradict each other, too. Yeah. Like, sometimes I remember times playing, like, those two things, like, can't even super happen. Like I want basement rooms, but also giant lawns yeah <laughs> you're like, like i can't do both in the number of turns we have <laughs> so you just kind of have to you know again look around the table and try to decide what other people are doing but then also you might never get a basement room it's it happens because <laughs> uh there's a lot of tiles there's a lot of tiles for each room and only certain tiles can even be basement rooms yep which is cool that on the back of the tile so when they sit on the uh the castle board or the contractor board, however you want to refer to that, they sit upside down. They yep. tell you the, the obviously the size of them or whatever, the 500 size. Yeah, or, they're on the back. And then it tells you the type of rooms those can be. Yep. Not that those rooms, I mean, they, those are the only ones they can be, but it's not It's not all of those rooms. So I think they all have three types. Uh, I'm, they, yeah. I know for sure they have at least three. Yeah, it looks like they all have at least three types. But yeah, so it's like, you might never draw that 500 card, which means you're never having a 500, which takes away outdoor. It takes away the, uh, what's the guitar, the activity room and downstairs options. And obviously there's other options to get those three types, but like that's a whole tile that you might never see or only see two of, and you might never get a downstairs one. So before I want to step in, like how the game is played, there are 50 cards that dictate the rooms, as we said. Yep. You don't play with all 50. No. You shuffle, and depending on the players, you only play with so many. Yeah. Because it's very important because that is essentially how long the game is. How long the game is, and it also keeps it, you know, different every different. time you play. And a little random. You can't completely know what's going to happen every time because yep. there's always, you know, a group of cards that you're not going to see. And if you shuffled terribly, they could all be one type of room, or it could just be, like, two of each type, and you get... With, with the king's favor, the rooms the bonus cards, I mean, you're never going to see the same combination. No. There's 24 favors, I think, and then there's like 50 business. No, there's 27 business uh, bonus, bonus cards. 
there's no way. There's no way. You might see the same one, like a, one of the same ones again, but like 20, and you're only playing with three. Like you're not seeing these 27 very <laughs> often. Let's take a step into the game and like how the game is set up and how the game plays out. The game setup is pretty straightforward. Everyone gets a foyer or foyer, depending on how you pronounce it. But yeah. I've only ever heard foyer. It's a fancy way to say it. <laughs> Mud room if you're from northern Michigan. That's what I called it growing up. <laughs> but it's a, it's just a little hexagon tile. It's where you put your boots and your coat when you come inside. <laughs> yeah. It's a little hexagon tile. And it has uh, basically four entryways. Yep. And you can build off any of the four entryways. There's four different colors. There's four different pegs. You pick one, and that's who you are. Like we said, everyone gets the two bonus cards. Everyone uh, gets 5,000. Yeah, 5,000 coin yep. to start. And guess what? The game is set up. <laughs> yeah, and the one, like, overkill piece is the Master Builder token. It's nice, but, like, it didn't need to be. It's, like, this pretty big wooden, like, <laughs> castle I don't, nice. Like also, like why is it a castle? Like a builder, you'd think it'd be like a tool or something. I don't know. It's just a hammer. <laughs> but like, like we've talked about all of season one, they don't tell you who starts as it, nope. which is kind of lame. It's just random, which is fine. But, but like, it is bad to go first. There's, well, I don't know. I uh, argue that it's worse. You get first. more money to go first, or you get more points, not money. Yeah. You get more points to start. You obviously get. You have your luck of the draw completely yep. because you don't know what other people are trying to build. People don't have a ton of money yet, so they're not buying some the most expensive options. But, I mean, depending on your... if you're, There's there's benefits for both. I but, yes, I think not going first is definitely the best case. But I think, I mean, if your bonus cards line up really nicely with the king's favors that you see, it's like, and you get one of those rooms off right off the bat, like, perfect, let's make sure I get it. I can I can kind of set the cost for it and guarantee, you know, quick points, that kind of stuff. But just make a rule on who goes first. The last what, person to pound a nail into a two-by-four. <laughs> I was going to say the last person to build something. Yeah, builds anything. The last person to punch out a piece of cardboard from the game. or something. <laughs> It could have been so many things. And just something that I feel like is not... Who was the last of Mad King? Yeah. <laughs> Who was the last to murder a whole population? <laughs> so when it uh, when it comes to the gameplay, after the, whoever's the Mad King, or not Mad King, whoever's the Master Builder is decided, yeah. they basically at this point, depending on number of players, will draw from the top of the deck, and this determines what tiles they get to place on this contractor board. Again, yeah. it's six or seven, depending on number of players. Yep. And those that card just tells you... A size. A 500 room yeah. or whatever. Like, it doesn't have anything that matters other no. than what size. And then you you basically have to look at the tiles as the master builder. And you They're then, not a secret at that point. Nope. You, can, you can lay them down flat. It doesn't matter. Yep. But you get to order them on that contractor board. And the lowest cost is... I think 1,000. Yeah, lowest cost is 1,000. All the way up to 15. Yeah. That's a pricey room. But it's up to you. So this is where I think the game becomes very, very special because now you're playing that mind game of where do I put things to ensure that these people will buy it to give me money? Yeah, because as the master builder, you're like, you're almost... You're like contracting Yeah, you're contracting yourself out, out, which I didn't really ever think of before until I think we both just thought of that. 
like I'm building this room for you in your castle, kinda, but, <laughs> and you're paying me. Yeah, and I'm really good at this room. And then I pay, I then you pay, as as the master builder, yep. you pay like the bank or the whatever. Bank. Yeah, take a loan out to pay for your own room. Yeah, as everyone else pays you to do it. <laughs> so, you get to rearrange these, in any order you want. And you can do this every turn as the master builder. Yes, it's every like turn you get to time. rearrange it. You can't rearrange it mid-turn. <laughs> Someone buys a 2,000 room, you can't put a new one there until the next master builder. Yep, and that's it. Once you have it set up on that board, the person to your left starts, and it goes clockwise, and they look at this, and they go, I really want that piece for 1,000. They give the master builder the 1,000 and take the piece, and they connect it to their foyer. Yep. And every piece is unique, and that's one of the... That's one of the things I love about this game. Yeah. Like the like we said, there's, you know, six or so different rooms under each type. And they all have, you know, similar color patterns depending on the type of room or whatever. But, like, not one room is the exact same as another one. Like, the tables are in a different spot or, like, so, like, unneeded but so cool. I just like that in every room the doors are on different parts. Yep. The art is different on every piece. There's no two similar ones. Yeah. And that's, I just appreciate that. Yeah. And these are Theme. not cheap. No. These are thick. Yeah. They're nice pieces of cardboard. Yeah. But this is done very well, which is rare in these kind of games. Because usually they're kind of, they're kind of cheap. Like, uh, uh, you ever play Blockus? Yeah. Wait, Blockus is plastic. It is plastic, but they're cheap. Oh, I don't really thought. I was thinking more of like horrified, where they kind of like they're cardboard, but I like you, yeah, they're especially like the two layers of cardstock taped together at best. Especially the ones that have to go into the little plastic uh, pieces <laughs> for the villagers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love the game, but it's the reason why it's cheap. Yeah, there's a price point on there. But if you don't want to buy something, you also get five thousand dollars or five thousand coins, I guess, yep. from the bank. Yes. You just pass your turn on buying something, and then you get money for you know a future turn. That can also be strategy. You know, I don't want to give you more money, so I'm just going to take money from the bank, and next turn I'm the builder, so I can kind of, you know... Manipulate it your way. I don't have to give you the money, and potentially that piece might still be there or whatever. But this goes around until, obviously, the master builder's left. Yep. And he takes his turn like everyone else did, but he just pays the bank. Yep. No one gets his money. He pays the bank. But everyone pays the bank for stairs or hallways, right? Nope. You pay the master builder? Yep. Okay. I thought for some reason that was always to the bank. Uh, no, it is always to the master builder. Okay. Except it's, except yeah. it's his. They just, uh, caveat to all this, stairs and hallways can be bought anytime. They're 2000 uh, I think they, they're all 3000 3000 For some reason, I thought the stairs and hallways were different prices, but they're not. No, they're, they're 3000 and they're just out in the middle. You, anytime it's your turn, you're you can you're, you can buy it basically instead of anything on the contractor board. As, yeah, as you, a so you can't do it anytime. I guess you yeah. can do it on your turn as your one thing. Either you buy something from the master builder, you buy a staircase or st- hallway, or you pass and get money. And then again, going back, you you buy the room, you connect it to in this case your foyer. Yeah, and every piece has an opening, at least one. Yeah, at least one. At There's least definitely one. ones that have only one. So but have two, three, four. Yeah, I don't know what the max one is. I just didn't look at that enough. But hallway? I guess the hallway <laughs> has like a thousand or something. That's the only one that you also can cover up. Yeah. You don't have like the hallway literally has like fifteen doors. Actually it probably is an even number. Sixteen doors. And you can cover those doors up. 
But this is where the game adds that Tetris feel, I, I think, where... Or Blockus, really. Or Blockus, where you can connect any rooms to any room. Yep. But the, hall, the, the doors... Other than upstairs, downstairs. Yep, other than upstairs, downstairs, because obviously there's... <laughs> 3D <laughs> levels that don't exist on a cardboard cutout. Uh, the the room has to connect to another room. Yep. You can have a room not connected to anything, but it can never be connected to a wall. Yeah. You can't block off a door with another piece's wall or something like that. It's kind of hard to put into words. If you just look at some images, it's very easy to see visually. Yeah. But honestly, like walls can touch walls. Doors can only touch doors. Yep. That's it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's pretty it's obviously easier as a visual, but I think it makes sense. You know, yeah. the the doors have to continue. You can't just board off a door on one side, even if you really don't like the neighbor. And there are bonuses to con- connecting rooms to each other and finishing a room, but we'll talk about that later during our scoring section. Yeah, and the, well, the each and the the rooms themselves, there's eight different types, I guess technically, including the hallway as one of the types. And so as you play them those are the favors the king is asking the secret favors that they've whispered to you so that's judging kind of what you're buying potentially and then they all have as soon as you play it so you you do play it as soon as you buy it you can't move them around no nope. you play it that turn it stays there for the rest of the game and as soon as you build it on the upper left corner of it i guess it's all yeah always upper left there's points so as soon as you build it you get points so you update that the number i always forget to do it to be honest i feel like we go like five or six turns and like oh sh- we didn't do it we go back <laughs> and count the rooms that we, we've already played <laughs> it's the only rule that we kind of say okay at the end of the game we just count it up yeah and there's no reason to do it as you go to do it as you go makes other than the end game faster it makes the end game faster you have an idea on how well someone is doing compared to like looking over and be like oh Joe's bought, you know, a bunch of three value rooms and I have a bunch of one values. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything, but that's the, end of the game gets so sporadic with points. I like to not as random as others that we've talked about, but like I feel like I like knowing. I think Megan always yells at me because <laughs> I like am calculating the chances. And I say chances because I'm usually losing. Um so like my chances of potentially winning. Um and she's like, Stop counting my points. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> Like cartographers. Yeah. It's a a Tetris kind of block game. Same thing. Yeah. The points have to be calculated as you go. My wife does the same thing where she wants to know exactly how many points I have and then uses that information to determine her turn. I mean, (laughs) rightfully so. Good. Hey. If you're playing a game, you might as well try to win, right? (laughs) I think uh, my wife's always said, like, if you're not willing to lose a friend over a game, are you playing hard enough? Like, (laughs) you should try harder. We're both very competitive oh, in I've... general. She is more competitive because she's better, so it's easier to be more competitive than me. My uncle razzes her all the time about how competitive she is. So after the master builder has gone and everyone's taken their turn, technically then the round's over. Yeah. How, so, what happens now is everything that's currently on the contracting board that didn't get sold gets one copper piece yeah, added to it. A thousand, right? A thousand. Yeah, a thousand but it gets one. Yep. And it doesn't matter if there's one already there. Yep. That piece adds. could stay there for six turns and just keep and adding coins. It stay there forever. It could. It never would, but it could. Once you start adding a pile like that, you're like, ooh. That's well, nice. at some point, they're 
it will always be free or a benefit to take that room. So someone's going to take it because like <laughs> you get 10 coins on it. There's only one option for the master builder to, you know, get money and not have the other person keep all of their money. <laughs> the master builder still gets their normal money, but then the player who bought it gets the gets coins. the bonuses. Yep. Yeah. And so you like can pull sale. whatever pieces didn't sell that turn. Like you said, get the copper coin, the thousand points on it. And you pull them all away from the thing, but they don't switch the types, but you can switch the location. Yep. And you draw the new cards to fill whatever one's bought, one or maybe four, if someone, if each person bought a room. That's it. And then the new master builder gets to decide where to put them all again. And then you just go to the end. Yeah. And you just keep going until the the game ends. (laughs) You go until the deck has run out. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the pile of uh, tiles are empty. It doesn't matter if the bonus cards are empty. It doesn't matter. But you do draw. So let's say the the 500 rooms are empty for you whatever draw another reason. Card. You just draw another card, yep. right? If you drew Makes that. Game faster. Yeah, it technically speeds it up a little bit. But yeah, you don't get like a one lack of room or something. You just discard that card and draw a new one. But that's the game. I mean, that literally is the game. You do that over and over again. And the longer it goes, the more complicated it gets because you have now, instead of just two rooms connecting you want oh i really want this this l piece but where do i fit it in my castle yeah i feel like i've always been able to fit it in somewhere just maybe not in a good spot <laughs> but i don't i don't feel like i don't ever remember there being a time being like i literally can't put any of these pieces into my castle so i have to pass no i've never had that problem but i've had times like i don't want any of these pieces or these pieces don't help me you know, continue what I'm trying to do, so I'm going to pass. Right. But I don't think I've ever had a time that I've, like, literally haven't been able to. I want to. T- technically, you could close your castle off if you bought. Because, you know, there's a lot of rooms that do only have one door. With the foyer's piece being the way it is, I mean, it's possible. You could technically buy four rooms that have one, have no doors, or only one door. If you're pl- if someone and- <laughs> is new doing that, I'd probably coax them out of it. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know what happened. I guess you just skip every turn. You just get money and on your master builder and never can build anything again. Which I've never like I've never seen that happen. But I don't think it's very likely to. I don't think so. So, deck runs out. The round still plays out. Yep. Even if the deck's gone, it's not immediately over. That round's the last round. Yeah. So you might not have enough rooms to fill how many you need to fill. That's fine. Like, but you you play it out. So if you need to draw four and you only get to draw two, obviously there's two spaces that you can. Can you put those spaces anywhere? Anywhere? So like you would just put like I the thousand. <laughs> well, you want money at the last turn too as a master builder because that's worth points. But at the last turn, you probably want like the best room you can get. Yeah. It sort of depend on the layout, but you could put it at the thousand or at the fifteen thousand. Yeah. You just say this room, there's nothing here. I'm not willing to work for you for a thousand dollars. But when the game's over, everyone gets to step away and look at their beautiful castle. Fun is over. <laughs> Game is done. Game's done. Flip the table and go home. But in this game, there are several ways points are added up. The main way we've already discussed is when you play a room, it has a number on it in the very top left. You get that point immediately. Yep. 
and on the scoreboard, you'd move your peg up. But at the end of the game, there are, is first the king's favor, which is whoever has the majority of whatever he asked for gets those points. Can you remind me how ties work? Uh, ties are split in half. First and second? Yep. Together, split in half, round yep. down, or whatever, like every other. Okay. But I don't. I, I think it's eight points for the first place. Yeah, but you would do first and second, so that'd be 12, so each person would get six. Yes, yes, correct. Instead of one person getting eight. Yep. And um, then no one would get second, and then the person would be in third or whatever. That happens. Yeah. And then you go through all the king's favors, you add the points up, and then you divide them up to whoever got them. Yep. And then you do each player one by one. In this point, you look at... Whoever's the first player you pick, usually it's the one whose ever turn it is. It doesn't matter at this point. No. You flip over the bonus cards, and you say, oh, the bonus card was I needed four L rooms, and I get two points per or something. You add all the points up, you put it on the scoreboard. P.S. I don't think that will ever be a bonus card. It'd be amazing. I don't think that's a number. I think it's like you need open doors or... it. There's so many. I don't think there's like a you need X number of a certain type of room. There is ones where it says that for every one of these rooms, you get points. Yes. Yeah, for those, for sure. And then, finally, the last way to get points or lose points is every room has usually... Some are not... Second to last way to get points. Oh, other than coins. <laughs> uh, I'll rephrase that. Some rooms, not every room. Yeah, some rooms have... A bonus. And that's going to be found on the tile, but it's right like kind in of middle. in the middle-ish. Obviously, it's, it's hard to say what the middle of an L <laughs> would be, but middle-ish, middle-ish bottom, really close to the name of the room usually. It's in like a shadowed box, so you know yep. it's kind of it's different. You can tell it pretty easily when you look at it. It'll have another number just like the top left, and it'll 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 say like a brick wall or a little doorway, black, little doorway, yeah. and essentially just means that you get bonus points. For every room of that kind connected to it or touching it. Yeah, or minus points. Or minus points. Some rooms like activity. Weird, like activity rooms. Are loud. Are loud. There's clearly a guitar on the room or it's maybe like a banjo. I guess I don't really know what that shape is. And being next to a sleeping room isn't ideal. <laughs> we don't, don't want to your... Uh, this is not a frat castle. <laughs> your theater next to your sleeping quarters. Yeah, exactly. And finally, as Brian has uh, hinted at, you can get points by coins. Yeah. And I feel like I open the rule book every time during the scoring the points for the room. Because, like, yeah, there's the brick wall. There's the doorway. Those are super easy. But then there's, like, some with, like, X's on them. And you're like, oh, what does this one actually mean? I always have to, like, relook, I feel like. I love that there's an index. Yeah. The index is fantastic in this game. I wish it was printed on a player aid card or like a scoring card that just is there so i don't have to like because that's like almost the only thing i get the rule book out for yeah which we actually found i found a new ruling that's we cool. should have gotten the rule book out more often because <laughs> as we were getting ready for this today you were like did you know this and i was like no i didn't know no idea which that's points too right i forgot there's another so now there's another another last way to get points which w neither of us have technically ever played I'll be completely honest with you. I've played this dozens of times. Didn't know this existed. <laughs> nope. Me neither. Uh, to sum it up, whenever there's a depleted stack of tiles of a room, so like those 500 ones, the big ones, let's say that's all gone. 
at the end of the game, each player receives two points for each room that they have that's depleted. So even if it's on the contractor board, it's not the most it's, of, it's just two points for every, for every piece. As long as there's nothing on the stack. I hate to say it, but that might've won or lost some games. Yeah. I, Cause I feel like there's, there's usually close games. There's a, there's a few rooms that are out by the end of the game yeah. for sure. And so like potentially having another six, 10 points, like that could have really changed. <laughs> I may have won some of those games. <laughs> no, I'm not, I've never been that close. But, yeah, at the end of the day, that's the game. So, But you also, so during the playtime, we talked about the, the doors and the rooms and stuff. And each type of room, so there's eight different types. Each type of room, you get a bonus if you complete the room. Yeah, and correct. by completing it, it just means every door is connected to another door technically or a hallway yeah this has to be closed off just has to yeah has to be no more open doors available in that room and you get some are points some are coins so like activity rooms you close it off five victory points right away sweet not that helpful but five victory points is always five victory points but if you do if you close a food room which is like the goblet you just take an extra turn so as soon as you close it you just go again yeah so you either can buy another room, you can then pass and get 5,000 gold. And there, each one has separate, like, different scoring mechanisms. You can rescore a completed room if it's a living room. And I feel like the downstairs and the sleeping are always weird. What are those ones again? There's a lot of text, that's why. <laughs> the downstairs one's hard to do because not there's not that many basement pieces in the game. So you, not only do you have to build a downstairs... But you need to have at least two basement rooms to even get the bonus, which is just you just get one of whatever you want. Yeah, you just, yeah, one of Pick any one. of the other seven. Yeah. And then the sleeping is kind of neat. Choose zero, one, or two rooms from a stack and place them face down on the room deck. Guaranteeing that. So you're guaranteeing home. anywhere from zero to two rooms will be available next round or whatever for the master builder to put out or future rounds yeah yeah so instead of you know drawing a card you just have to draw that that tile that tile and you that tile is the one that you build but they're all great yeah none of them are bad there nope when you complete a room it never hurts you other than there's plenty of bonuses and king favors that want uncompleted rooms but they're also ones that want completed rooms so you do have to think about that before you decide to... Is it worth getting five victory points if I'm going to lose five from the king's favor because I closed a room off or whatever? Or worse, the five victory points from the activity bot that had one opening. You're like, oh, this is easy five points. Then says you get minus whatever because it's connecting to something else. <laughs> so it's good to be like cognizant of what you're buying, where you're placing it. And the best thing about this is you don't need to be an ex- experienced player to understand it. No. I've taught this to so many people in their first time playing. They've beaten me simply because it's just, you know, they're better at this part or they're better at math or connecting rooms together. I love that there's so many options in this game. Are all activity rooms negative, negative I'm pretty sure. points when you close them? Well, the reason is because is they're all huge, generally. 
and they're all well they're all loud not all of them are loud i think there's like a knitting room maybe i can't remember all the rooms there's unfortunately there's a lot of them but <laughs> it's funny because i always like i always remember thinking like okay activity rooms can't be by sleeping rooms but i always thought it was the sleeping room that told you it can't do that and it's actually the activity room yes. that has the negative point it has negative everything usually except for outdoors well oh oh yeah sorry and they, they're different. I think, like, some of them only have two or three types of rooms compared to having all of their rooms or something. But every yeah. activity room is negative some way. card is negative somehow. But they're usually worth a lot of points. Like, instead of worth, like, two or three, seven. Well, and if you close it, you get five. So, like... It's a way to play. You might get a minus one or two because you put it next to a sleeping room, but you get five because you closed it, and then you get, you know, it might work out. I've... I've I'll save it for later, but a hint, I've uh, won in the past just by building activities and doing nothing else but that. Yeah. Just somehow it happens because yeah. no one usually wants them. They're they're hard to play. They're, hard to, they're harder to play for sure. I'm just kind of looking at what size. They're not all big. I mean, both circles, which circles in general are hard to put other things by, but then it's also the biggest room, but then the smaller i guess the middle size rectangle the 250 size has activity rooms out also and so does the 350 but yeah none of the smallest rooms have activity so they're going to have more potential more doors more things Harder which means it's touching more options because they're gonna get negative points for them that kind of stuff what are your thoughts about downstairs i have mixed feelings because minus the king's favor telling you that you have to do it. That's what I'm mixed feelings <laughs> on. Because when I, I, it may have been with you, but one time I played the king's favor, the number one option he wanted was downstairs. Yep. It's the worst one. And I think we only had like three that whole game. There's not that many to begin with, as I said before, but they're already hard to build because you first have to build stairs. stairs. That's your turn. Yeah. That's costs you money and it's your turn. And. Having to build downstairs, I like so I will I, I'll give you a little insight to my strategy that I do later, and I say strategy loosely, <laughs> but I will often build one downstairs stairs, yeah, just because I like to have the option. But in general, I don't like it. <laughs> if I'm the only yeah. one building downstairs, I'll go all over it because they're usually worth a lot of points. Yeah, ha less than half the rooms can be downstairs. Because there's only four types of rooms that are downstairs rooms compared out of the ten type, yep. ten sizes. So yeah, there there's not as many of them. What do you think? I like the idea of them. I think they. I, I like the idea of, you know, it's changing the level. It's on a flat surface, obviously, but changing the level, you can't just put anything next to it. I like that that whole concept of it. It's hard to invest in. Because $3,000 just for a staircase and then buying the room the next turn or whenever. And as soon as you buy the staircase, the master builder knows, like, oh, they're going to want that. Because not many people are buying a staircase when there's no options for a downstairs room. So usually you buy it. There's already one there, and they're going to make it more expensive. It's true. But I like the idea. I like the, the different planes. I like the concept of not being able to put, you know, certain things, other things down there. 
Like, you can't just put a living room down there. It has to be a basement room. Here's a big brain strategy, though. Let's say it's the player to your right's the master builder, right? Or player to your right, yep, because then, then you're the next one. And there's a downstairs on the board. And often what people will do, they'll throw the downstairs somewhere usually at the expensive mark because there's like, I don't even want to like worry about it. No one's going to buy it. Like, why would I even put it on there? Yeah. And when I see that no one else has built any stairs and it's my turn and I know I'm going to be master builder next, I'll build the stairs at that point. Yeah, I, I like them. And I wish there was more ways to build, to get stairs. them. Like, I wish maybe some of the rooms had, like, stairs built in or something. That would have been more interesting. Just be like, oh, this is a downstairs room, but it's like a downstairs living area that has a built-in staircase. It's an open concept. Or, like, a double layer. Like a, yeah, like a Oh, yeah, a double layer would be really cool. It would have been, like, the, uh, the zigzag piece in Tetris. Yeah. Like, one's up or one's down. That would have been a really cool ad. I never thought about that one. But... What's really cool is a nice strategy. If if I'm in a situation where I have stairs now and it's I'm the master builder, I don't even care if I'm last. I make that downstairs the cheapest thing possible because I'm like, no one's going to buy it. Yeah, and it has at least a 1,000 coins on it already because yep. it's at a turn. So I just make it the cheapest thing possible. Yep. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you buy something you can't build, you can't buy I mean, you, can you not buy it? I mean, technically, or can you can't you, buy does, it. You can't buy it. Yeah. It doesn't get like discarded if it can't be played. No. And so like to as state, a strategy to, on my end, I can't buy the downstairs room you, and then throw it away because I don't have a staircase. You are allowed to take the pieces off the contracting board and try to fit it in your castle yeah. before buying it. I just was wondering. So like I know you just built a staircase. You just put the room as a thousand because you're the only one with the staircase. Can I buy the downstairs room before it's your turn? No. And throw it in the garbage so you can't have it. <laughs> no, you have to place it. I don't I'm sure it says it. I'm sure. It but even if it didn't, I'm making that a rule. <laughs> yeah. The rooms have to be playable when you buy it. You have to be able to play it. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Yeah, it actually, there it is. If you cannot place a room legally, you may not purchase it. Boom. So I can't buy that room and throw it in the garbage can. Is that my pen writing in there? <laughs> yeah, it actually, yeah, it's a different font than the rest. It's really weird. It's like a different color. It looks like maybe it's pencil. No, it's it's on the the it's the last rule on pla- placing the rooms. It's rule eight, so it is in there. So I I'm interested, Brian, because we've played this game together. We haven't played it in some time together. Yeah, but I've uh, I've played this very recently on a a friend trip and I'm interested to know do you have a strategy I don't think so I feel like this is one of the only games that going into it I'm not strategizing really anything I don't have like oh this is a, a clear step to get you know mediocre points and then from there I can you know jump into victory I feel like I just really go all in on the king's favors and like really just hope that my bonus i guess my only strategy is trying to get my bonus cards to match the king's favors in some way so i can do them without other people noticing i want people as when i'm the master builder i want people to buy things yeah i don't want them to get it for you know a steal or for free but like i do want them to buy i don't want everyone to pass on my turn so i guess there's a little bit of strategy to like Make it sure that, like, okay, people want this room. It's the king's favor. The first player is most likely going to buy it. 
Let's make sure, you know, it's middle of the road so I get some cash so I can do something later, that kind of stuff. But no, I don't think I avoid a type of room or I think I just really. <laughs> you've, you've kind of outlined one of the best things I think about this game. And I'm in the exact same boat. Literally the exact, exact same. There is no strategy. Yep. I'm sure there's people out there who have created some strategy for it. But to be honest, just play it. Sit down. Yeah. It's it's a great game because since every piece is different, every deck is different, every favor, every bonus, just play. It's the best part. <laughs> yeah. It's what a game should be. And I don't think that like the smaller rooms inherit are also less points. Like I don't think they're usually the easier rooms are usually like one or two points. But the bonus to that is yes, you get less points, but because maybe there's only one door, you can complete a bonus immediately. Yeah. So But I also feel like take. there's no yeah. bad bad tile. Yeah. And like we said before, even though the big ones are big and worth a lot of points there's also the negative of you can't connect it to many rooms without getting hurt yourself yeah so and you don't inherently get hurt if you have open doors at the end nope. i wish there was a way like as a completist or as someone like you know thinking tetris or block s you're trying to get as much pieces as you can in and most tile laying games to be honest you're trying to get as much down as you can that'd be nice to have like bonus for, for every open door you get a minus one point or something because then you have to like think of like oh i don't maybe i don't want to play that huge activity room in the second to last turn even though it might be you know worth seven points i'm gonna lose five because i'm gonna have all these open doors yeah, it'd, be, it'd be an interesting house rule to try yeah but i think as, as a completist like especially as a master builder as myself like <laughs> If I'm turning in a castle that just has like random open doors to the world to my crazy king, like I feel like that should be something. <laughs> I also wish, do you have any, I guess we're not talking about house rules that we weren't going to talk about really too much, but do you have any other than scoring them at the end? It's probably the only house rule I have. It's just, that one just makes it easier. I'm, I'm also very lenient when I play with people. Like if they, you're allowed to take the tile and try it out. But if they like, if they're doing something like, wait, can I take that back? I'm like, yeah, sure. I, it does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't I, really matter. I'm really like okay with it. It, it's, it's another game that I like a lot because, as we have gotten older, I've gotten less competitive on like one v one, like very like I need to beat you kind of games. There are still ones that t that pop up that are really fun. I always want to win. Yeah, but there, there, it's. I find it's more enjoyable to play the game with someone with a common goal, which is so weird in castles because we have a common goal, but we're also against each other. Yeah, common goal, not co-op. <laughs> it's it's a. I love the the theming. Yeah, I love the aesthetic. There's a reason this game is my number one. I've never played it and not had fun. That's that's it though, is because I've always had fun. Yeah. Whether you're playing with one person, one other person. I've never done the solo, which does not sound fun. The solo, <laughs> I play a lot of games by myself. But usually because there's a mechanic. There's a mechanic usually. Or at least you play two or something. This one, you literally just play one and you look in the back of the rule book. It's like, oh, I got Jester. <laughs> yeah, just based like, on your points, which 
I'll be honest, I didn't know there was a solo mode because I never would have wanted to. <laughs> yeah. But like they're thinking like Wingspan and all those other games that started, you know, that's not just you play two people. You have a deck of cards that come with it and you flip it and that route, like no matter where it is, you get $2,000 for it or whatever and you put it on their castle in a certain location. Like maybe the card just says, you know, grab the 350 room put it on the bottom most door doesn't matter what kind of room it is you just grab the top of the tile you put it on the bottom most door the player gets you know five thousand coins if it's playable or something if it's not playable they just pass their turn i might be onto something when did castles come out that might be way before it's time we'll make a new one 2014 i mean i would say that that is in a, an era where there really weren't that many i mean single player experiences in board games Scythe just had its six, six year anniversary it's still 2016 16 and I, that's one of the first ones that I knew of that had like the fully like automated second player that's doing a different set of rules that you play against kind of thing but they could I mean they could do something new and there's there's been expansions I want to make something very clear never played any of them yeah me either I don't I mean there's the... I don't secret, think you need them. Secret doors? What's it called? Just secrets, I think. Secrets. Uh, and then there is... Uh, Which Colossal. is just new bonus tiles? I have no idea. I just... I've never really... There are games when I get uh, expansions for because I want to make the game better. Like Clank. Yeah. Clank, we got expansions for. We each got expansions, <laughs> different ones. Yep. Because we wanted the option to play different maps or tile or cards. But in this, I've never wanted more. I've always thought that there's already too much. I don't know, not too much. Let's be clear. I don't think there's too much. Okay. Yes, I could have asked for some enhancements, but... But they could do a better one-player mode. You know, just sell me a deck of cards, like a, a pack of cards or something to play one-player or, you know, just new end-of-game scoring options. Like, I just, like, so, another game I don't think we've talked about too much is Quick. It's a dice-rolling game that you just kind of fill in the blank on. Um, my wife and I play it often. It's usually one of the games we take, like, we go to the beach or whatever, because it's pretty small. And we just bought an expansion, technically, for it. That game does not need an expansion. You just roll, it's like <laughs> a new version of Yahtzee, almost. And you just roll dice, and you just do what it tells you to. And Is you that get the points. one with the cards that you had to dry erase? And then... No, that that's uh, Rolling Realms. Oh, yeah. Um, I like that one. Yeah, that was cool. But that's, yeah, that's Stonemeyer. And so far, everything I've seen, touched, and played for Stonemeyer has been amazing. But, so, Quicks does not need an expansion. It doesn't need anything added to it. But, like, all of a sudden, I was I saw that there's new scoring pads. You don't need them. Just two different scoring pads instead of, you know, typical count from 12 to 1 or 1 to 12. The numbers are random. It just, like, hurts your brain to play it, and it's so much fun. And, like, it like doesn't need it. You don't ever need to have them. But, like, we bought them, and we played them a few times, and it just adds a new level of fun so like when i think of expansion you think of like oh it needs to add some new feature it needs to add an, a fifth and sixth player it needs to do all these things like just give me a new end game that makes sense to the current game don't change everything just to renew the feeling of some of these games that maybe have been around for a little while you don't have to buy a whole new big game like 
just give me a book and it has some new options in it or something that could be cool to kind of add on to that last year a um, company that makes castles yeah they had a kickstarter for this new colossal basically huge redesigned everything was like higher quality somehow uh, all the pieces are they're fancy like it's fancier it's just they're super nice and uh it has all the expansions and they have this new one where there's like moats and all these pieces what i try what i say about that is i bought it and i'm still waiting so i can't i can't comment <laughs> now but who knows in the future maybe we'll do another one i am super stoked for really one reason and the biggest gripe I have with castles, and it's still my number one, but the reason why it's hard is because I have a group of five when I go downstate and play with my friends. But this is a one to four game. There's no way to do a fifth player because you need another foyer. <laughs> yeah. And you, need, you probably need more tiles because like, the rooms would run out so yeah. much quicker. But it's one to five for the Kickstarter one. Yeah. I don't know. The expansion didn't. We looked up the secrets. Didn't add a fifth. Nope. So this must be new to this version. Which yeah. makes me wonder if they're going to sell it as someone who didn't kickstart it. Like, don't know. Can I buy the fifth player expansion the same way I bought the fifth player Catan and uh, fifth player Blood Rage? Blood Rage. Because I bought the fifth player Blood Rage. Yeah. Which was just another army. Yeah, just, just so you can play the fifth person. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm stoked. I mean... That's really the only thing that was holding me back from bringing this down state to other friends when like we're all together. Now I can with a moat. <laughs> with a moat. With a moat. Yeah, I wish. I don't know. I, there's some things that I could that you could make with. This is my second favorite game, and until Wingspan, this has always been my. It's one that has been like the most solid in my top five for sure. Still, but I feel like there's ways you can make it better. It's hard because like. And not make it more complicated. Just make it, I mean... Enhancements. Just a little different. Like, have there be, like, a chance type of card somewhere that maybe lets me move two rooms in my building or something. <laughs> demolish. Like, yeah. Like, something that could just be kind of fun. Pay to demolish. Or demolish and get money back. Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. A refund of some kind. Yeah. That could be your turn. But there's, there's so many things that you could do. And I haven't played... So, he has two other games. I own Suburbia, which is his first game. It's not as well made as Castles. I don't think the scoring doesn't work as well. Um, and then Castles came out. And then I believe Subdivisions came out after. And I think Subdivisions. I think Subdivisions, like, obviously it's very similar themed as Suburbia. So I wonder if they just kind of made it, you know, more like Castles, but as you're building a Subdivision instead. But I'd be curious to see what those, how those two both play compared to this one. So, unfortunately, when it comes to rating this game, you kind of already understand where I'm at. I think that, yeah, you understand where both of us are. We both have it in our top two. <laughs> at this time, though, when it comes to like our rankings, like the very top being leave it on the table, I think... Let's I'm go over... I don't know if we fully went over them last episode. I know we listed them. So in season two, we're going to start ranking. We, that was one thing that people asked us about. Obviously, we started with the you know the top five board games that we currently have and playing and all that good stuff. But we... Instead of just doing a, a one to ten scale, it's super boring. Instead of just, you know, A to C or whatever, we decided to, you know, have a little more fun with it. So the highest scale, the best one that a game can get is leave it on the table, being 
don't even put it away. Like maybe put it back in the box because you have to eat dinner on the table or whatever. But leave it on the table. Don't put it back in the closet. Definitely don't hide it in some other bedroom or something. Like leave it out. Might as well show it. Like just have it there. The next one being on the shelf. On the shelf. So like you should own this game. Yeah. Like it doesn't need to be out every day. You're not going to play it every day, but you should have it. Then we have uh, in a closet or basement, kind of like in storage, game yeah. that you might want to bust out, but not very situational, maybe holidays or once a year, a limited type of play, but still probably worth maybe having. We have let your friend buy it. It's <laughs> one of my favorites, which is unfortunate because because you're my friend, and so you have to buy it. <laughs> so it'll be like Gloomhaven. Oh, I think it's yes this and you be like oh let your friend buy it. <laughs> yeah that's a perfect one for for let your friend buy it because there's no need for two people to have it especially in the in this friend group like that but like should you play it yes you should <laughs> like someone should have played it so like yeah let your friend buy it we have uh played at a local game store yeah like rent it yeah rent it okay. however you can do it play you can go to a store try it. don't even purchase it it's somewhat it. fun but like you're probably gonna play it one time you don't ever need to touch it again. <laughs> and maybe Gloomhaven could have fallen in that one, but I don't think no one wants to go to the board game store eight for months. eight months worth of board <laughs> gaming or something. And then the last one just straight up being a hard pass. Like, even if you see it at the board game store, just literally grab anything. Play Solitaire. Like, nah, it's okay. like, you don't need to play this one. So, Brian, when it comes to Castles of Mad King Ludwig, where do you fall? So, oddly enough, as we, I think I mentioned last episode, obviously my second favorite. I don't own this game. Oh, that's not. I technically have it coming to me on trade, I guess, now. <laughs> so, like, kind of is mine, but not yet. I don't own this game. I never have owned this game. Back when we first started playing board games, way before I knew you, me and my other buddy would buy games. We would, like, rotate buying them. We were poor college students, and he bought this one, and so he always had it. And then me and you played it with an old boss that we both had. And then you bought it. And so I've never never needed to have it. But I would say this is on your shelf. This is the must own. Even though I don't own it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I mean, you want it. I, yeah. I'm giving you my copy. Once we I are trading. <laughs> yeah, once you get your fancy collector's edition with the sixth, fifth player or whatever. Oh, it's going to be so good, hopefully. And it's because of that that I'm actually not going to put this as leaving on the table. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah. You're going to end up saying that you thought you are going to have it on leaving on the table. This may be my favorite game. However, I think this is an on-the-shelf must-own. Because it has enough limitations for me to be like, yes, it's my personal favorite. Is it the best game? Mm, it's debatable. Yeah. There, there are it takes, you know, at least an hour and a half ish you need you need space you need space you can't have more than four people i don't have that problem <laughs> but this might change when i get the collector's edition sure we'll see so maybe yeah, in a future, i feel like the leave it on the table is gonna be hard to fill looking at our like our plan like for this season like i might only have it for like one of them so at this time though I think this is a must-buy. This is a on-the-shelf game. And I guess technically I would say wait. Because I'm assuming that Kickstarter thing will be out for purchase. Obviously not as good of a deal or whatever. I have no idea. But, like, maybe wait for the collector's edition. 
it comes with the expansions. The, the, the pieces funny, are prettier. The funny thing is, I don't think this game is rare, but you never see it anywhere. No, and so with our new sponsor, you know, with Lantern, when we first both, I think we walked in together for the, the first time. First thing we saw, we both the first game that we saw was this game on their shelf, and we're like, oh, yeah. no one in Traverse City's had this game. Like we've had to buy it online or whatever. Yep. It's not a rare game, but just obscure. It's just yeah, and, and that's when we knew like, oh, I think we're gonna like this place a little <laughs> bit. Like they had this game, they had a bunch of other games too, but like they had this game that we're like. And I think that was the first thing I asked. I was like, why do you carry this? And they're like, oh, you know, a friend said that we should definitely have it. It was, you know, one of their favorites. And I was like, absolutely. I just have never seen anyone carry it in stock. So that's all I got. Yeah, I I guess that's all I have. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. A little different than obviously season one. I'm just going to kind of talk about the games a little bit more, less, you know, breakdown of the rules, just about, you know, more of our feelings, some more strategy potentially unlike this one that doesn't really have a whole lot so yeah hope you enjoyed it let us know uh, on instagram or i think next week uh, we have azul um and then i believe we have a, a for uh, i guess not really a bonus episode but a new episode we are going to do um so we we worked out with lantern we're going to do game nights once a month it's the third thursday of each month if you're in northern michigan september uh will be the 15th uh we'll be playing either a game theme of games i should say um that we'll, we'll have and we'll kind of have all the uh themes listed on instagram and stuff beforehand but we'll have a, a theme of games that we'll be there to play with people and teach or whatever you guys might want to do you can find our page on instagram at instagram.com slash where is the rulebook or email us at where is the rulebook at gmail.com and don't forget to like or subscribe on however you're listening to us today give us any sort of ranking any words in there help us tell us your favorite board game or tell us what you just ate for lunch i don't care joe doesn't care we'll look at them and laugh but if you put something in there it helps us in the rankings so other people find us uh, and like I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, this episode and all of season two will be sponsored by Lantern Games, a local game store in Traverse City, Michigan. They do have an amazing website. They do ship uh, for lantern.games is their website, which is super cool. It's not a .com. I think it's really cool. It's a .games. Uh, but I think all of these games that we've talked about, all the games that we're going to talk about are owned by either Joe or myself or in many cases, both of us. Uh, so they're not sponsored game reviews or anything. And last but not least, huge shout out to John Ransom for making our theme song. And if you liked our theme song as much as we both do, check out Jack Pine uh, for more music with John is slapping bass for them. Um, and check out their newest album, Embers, on Spotify streaming today. Thanks for playing. <laughs>